It was a race that pressed all of our emotional buttons. If you are a Formula 1 fan, this has to be one of the most dramatic events. You know this. You know all of this. But this is the fun part. Today on this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium, we answer all the critical questions from the, uh, sorry, Rowdy Arabian GP. I don't mean that for the country, but just the race, you know, you get the point, right? Could Verstappen have won this race had it not been for his tremendously surprising qualifying error? Was Max Verstappen's driving fair? Was he a bit too aggressive? And was he as crazy as Lewis Hamilton thought he was and as he is showcased out in the media? Did Max actually break test Hamilton? And how do we just look at this incident? What does it mean for the wider implications in the world of Formula 1? And was the FIA correct in terms of the negotiations and giving offerings to the teams and whatnot? And what the circuit has offered and eventually... Doing something that Formula 1 unfortunately couldn't quite do. Focus on the battle or between Valtteri Bottas and Esteban Ocon. All of this and more <laughs> on this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pistaporium. Let's not waste any more time. Hey folks, welcome back in. My name is Somal Arora, host of The Driving Force on Disney Plus Hotstar, joined by Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team. And Kunal, i just like to take a moment to talk about this race. Uh, it's how... I mean, it's the best and the worst Formula 1 race at the same time. You've got the highest of highs in the way that Formula 1 has established new construction records in terms of creating an F1 circuit in the fastest amount of time, the fastest circuit, crazy battling, immense competition. But then you also get the lowest of lows about buying down to a country where money speaks first and ethics don't really come into play. And then you also see childish fighting. You also see some absolute pandemonium and, and, and pointless scuffages and whatever not, what not you can call it. And how paradoxical is it in a way that F1 has showed its entire spectrum, its entire colorful spectrum in a country where people unfortunately aren't quite able to show their human spectrum. It's just ridiculous <laughs> what's happened this, week, this past weekend. Oh, wow. So that was a phenomenal way of explaining just how crazy the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix was or rowdy Arabian Grand Prix was for all of us. And, uh, you know, guys, Samuel and I were so high on adrenaline. We said, let it just cool down before we record this episode. So we actually sat back for 12, 14 hours discussing notes and exchanging messages and so on before we said, let's just talk about the race that happened. To me, it was a fantastic motor race mm. you know seeing seeing the wheel-to-wheel battles seeing uh, seeing the raw raw driving raw overtakes that happened and of course it was a verstappen versus lewis race i mean literally even in our post-race show that we did yesterday on television we thought it's probably no sense you know focusing on anything else because max verstappen has just brought in a lot of animation a lot of emotion a uh, lot of stoicness in you know in in his battle with Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he's probably lost a lot of popularity since last evening, but I guess you know uh, he's not in Formula One to be the most popular driver, uh, even though he got voted as the driver of the day yesterday, right? And I don't, I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like Max is wanting to do, and he will do whatever it takes to not let Lewis buy, period. Uh, does it remind you a lot of Senna in 98, Kunal? Now, we, we've heard stories about it. We, we've all we've all seen the races. We've all seen the documentaries. I remember, was it Estoril, where Senna was absolutely 
hell-bent on just not letting Alan Prost pass. And I mean, it's, it's, it kind of reminds you of that, right? Except Verstappen isn't quite using the same philosophical quotes. He's just come back, coming back out and being very mature in the press conferences, saying, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, whatever. It, it's amazing how when he gets on the track, the flip, the, the switch just gets flipped up. And, and it was, of course, evident with the way I think uh, two restarts where he uh, uh, unfortunately went outside at turn number one and took Lewis outside with him. This is aggression personified. I mean, we knew Max is aggressive, but this is something else. It is something else. And, you know, for everyone who's been following Formula One off late, and we know we've seen an explosion of fans following Formula One. Can you imagine we've actually experienced the same thing with Ayrton Senna and Michael Schumacher? in real time in live live broadcast okay yeah. and uh, back then there wasn't even social media to amplify every fan's individual opinions right and that level of aggression is what defines max verstappen i mean had he not done any of that he would have probably probably been sergio perez i mean i'm not taking anything away from perez but i'm just saying that what we saw yesterday is what is Max Verstappen. And, you know, I tweeted about this last night, but if we ran a machine learning algorithm uh, through all of Max and Lewis's quotes after the race yesterday, Max's quotes would be summarized as, it is what it is. He kept repeating that. He kept repeating that as though trying to convince himself that it is what it is. He's done. It's done. The moment is gone. If he had to do differently, it's done. He can't do any differently now. And... Lewis's uh, quotes can be summarized into saying, you know, kept a cool head, kept a cool head and racing experience and and so on. So it's literally a battle of the generations. And, you know, like Lewis said, you know, he's he's fought with drivers like these before. And it's 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 not it's not uncharacteristic of Max Verstappen to have behaved the way he did. Was it over the line a little bit? Yes. Uh, Is he challenging? the Formula One rule book in absolute every way. He's challenging Michael Massey. He's challenging the stewards like they've never been challenged before in the recent past. I mean, you know, the Fettel versus Hamilton rivalry was very, very gentlemanly when you come to think of it, right? And uh, Somil, I, I, I think, you know, up until 2021, we've, we as in you and I have had a lot of fans who've turned around and said, oh, I became a Formula One fan because of Netflix and Drive to Survive. But after 2021, there's a very good chance we're going to hear people and say, ah, I became a fan of Formula One after seeing Max and Lewis go crazy at each other in 2021. And that's probably a fantastic <laughs> advertisement for the sport. A hundred percent. I've literally seen this happen in real life where friends of mine who were absolutely not interested in anything related to cars or motor racing are now inviting me for race screenings at their place. It's amazing. And it's not just one or two friends. It's like 20, 30 odd in. It's amazing. But let's get back to the whole discussion, right? Uh, My friends in the screenings matter, but not as much as what we've seen in this weekend so far. And let's actually not ask a question that everyone has asked, like, where do we begin? Let's actually begin in the chronological order. Qualifying, Kunal. That lap by Max Verstappen, oh my god, it was just turning out to be one of the laps I've, I've ever seen, much like Lewis in Singapore 2018, just blisteringly quick. But then that final error, and the error, I mean, I'll just quote Max over here, it is what it is, it happened, we all know, there's no need to dissect more on that, but could he have won had it not happened, right? Because eventually, pole position, 
I mean, had, had he been on pole position, this would have been so much more docile. This race. It would, and you know, uh, then he would have bored us all to victory. At least that's the assumption. Maybe Red Bull was the quicker car in this over a single lap. Uh, Mercedes had you know more race pace. That could have been one of the things. But yeah, of course, you know Max and uh, his team, and when I say his team, I mean the Verstappen's and his you know his his uh, support car uh, support crew and Red Bull Racing would be wondering, did we just make our li- make our lives tougher for ourselves with that qualifying gaff that he had, and then. Uh, again, for example, you know they 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 gave him the medium tire. Could he have? Could should he have taken the hard? Is the question to ask? Of course, he made great use of the medium tire in that restart by diving into Esteban and Lewis and so on. Um, so you know, just just uh, just you know, looking back, I think this was a very character building race for lots of drivers, lots of people on the pitch wall. Also, for a lot of fans, this is just how rowdy Formula One can get <laughs> when it can choose to play the rowdy card. In fact, character-building race for Michael Marcy as well, Samuel. So, you know, before we move on, yes, I have a feeling Max would have won it or would have been in a much better place to win had he taken that pole position. He would have controlled the race because we saw they were just managing tires through and throughout when things were normal, right in the first ten twelve laps of the race. So yeah, it's gone crazy. And you know, after nineteen seventy four, for the first time, the two title protagonists are going into the last race of the season equal on points. And if anyone ever asked, do we really need twenty two races in Formula One? This is a very good answer that, hey, just look at 2021. We needed the 22nd race to give us a winner. Yeah, frankly, it's it's just been tremendous. And if there's one thing that characterizes how good Max was throughout the weekend and how Red Bull actually had the pace, first sector, Mercedes had to lift through that S's section around two or three times. Max was flat all the time. But that's the intriguing part because Mercedes were that much faster in the second and third sector. See, we still can't tell who would actually have won. But eventually, of course, the stop start, I mean, it was as stop start as a coalition government trying to pass a bill and, and, and all that stuff. It was really dull at one point, but it then all flared up. And Michael Masikunal, that's the fun part you mentioned, because because of all that stop-start nature, which, again, isn't his fault, right? I mean, that, that thing is just the way the track is, and we shall get to that more in depth. But this first incident, uh, the first penalty for, for pushing Lewis wide at turn number one, you mentioned early on that this is what Max Verstappen is and 100%. I mean, he wouldn't be Max without it, right? And that's what we love about him. For some, hate about him. Fair. Each can have their own opinions. But five seconds, do you think it was justified? And what's the black and white line over here that you can push him off? And Max said, by the way, that, well, I don't think it's fair because Lewis also went off the track. But you were the one who pushed him outside, so he can't come back in, can he? So that's one thing that's been confusing me a little bit. It's been confusing ever since the lap 47 incident in Brazil as well. So we're going to keep remembering these incidents <laughs> till the FIA actually finds a way. And, you know, I like Lewis kept saying, you know, the rules apply to everyone but one driver. Maybe that's how he feels. And, you know, that's how his whole fan base feels. Uh, and Max, of course, feels the other way, saying, hey, uh, how else do you sort of, you know, defend and, and so on? And, you know, this has been thrown open, uh, you know, on the whole sporting fairness uh, discussion and the governance of how wheel-to-wheel racing should be, um, uh, you know, uh, policed or adjudicated, as as we call it, right? So, in my view, 
it was a it was like everyone gets a penalty every time max did something okay time to give him a penalty that's how it just seemed uh, depending on how 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 one sees it uh he's a very hard racer as we've seen sometimes or a lot of times his aggression is that much more when he's battling lewis hamilton and for obvious reasons you know he's seen mercedes's turn of pace uh, since uh, the last few races he's mentally thinking oh my god i have a cushion but that's a very rapidly depleting cushion of points i need to do whatever it takes on track because hey that's what i need to do so the aggression was you know what we also saw with with the whole uh you know with red bull taking the approach of twice they were they actually let max uh give up position to lewis hamilton because they were like oh my god here's a driver who's just completely overly aggressive instead of taking penalties can we just give up the position so at least we are sorting it out on track rather than in in the stewards offices right because uh for the first time it was a turn one incident the second time also it was something like that and then you know max verstappen decided to give position away in a strategic way as as huh. you know he was told to do so and lewis didn't want that position so that's another interesting point we should talk about you know did max really break test lewis hamilton of course the fi believes so the the traces from the car indicate so uh but you know is lewis in a position where he needs to or where he gets to decide when he's given position back on track for example right and i think i think the solution to this could be you know a couple of things that the FIA would go down on is first is they'd say yes you need to give position give it next lap between turn 6 7 and 8 for example you know so so the driver that gives up position cannot strategically decide when to give it up because hey you are giving up position because you are being penalized because yeah. you've done something wrong so that could be one the second which is you know probably the easier one is even if you give it up strategically uh, as the driver who's you know been penalized to give up the position you don't get drs the next lap so or something like that you know yeah. where where you just make it easier for for the driver uh for both the drivers and you know and put it that way because lewis was not wrong in wanting to you know keep position there obviously he knew what was happening but you know at the same time can lewis really end up choosing where he wants to take up the position exactly. that's also a question of course it's a very gray area and we are just asking the questions Exactly. And what's really what's really funny is Kunal that Spa 2008 something very similar happened. Of course Hamilton has called out that same thing that he was told by Charlie Whiting the late great Charlie Whiting at that time that it would be fine if you give the position at the bus stop for you to immediately pass him back there. And that was with Kimi Raikkonen by the way. Kimi didn't finish. Hamilton strategically gave the position back, got the win whatever, but then got a penalty later on. And so rules reversal right i mean in a way you can look at it in the same way and say that at least fi in in some part were consistent with that whole thing but what's really uh, what's really the funny part about this canal of course you couldn't have summarized this whole part better but but about where and how you give it back initially it was just very surprising and i mean i'll be very honest infuriating to see someone just stopping randomly in the middle of the track of course lewis down shifted there was some space but it seemed slap bang in the middle for a while and until of course then some more space opened up and and the, you can literally see the moment where lewis hamilton firstly was confused secondly he realized and third he tried to take avoiding action and then his front wing just got chopped off a little bit i don't know that that's just too aggressive for me and, and the fi of course has given the penalty for that but 
how dangerous could that be kunal i mean imagine lewis didn't have an inkling at all because of course there was a communication gap and we spoken about how that gap can be improved but this could have been mighty dangerous maybe something like what happened between mazepin and george russell where you can have a slap bang impact between a nose to tail impact basically where both the cars could have been literally out of the race and i don't know i i think that's a bit too dangerous that's a bit too naughty uh, what are your thoughts on that it, it it absolutely is i mean it was unsporting if that's the word uh, you know one can use now and it's easier to be a little hard on max now given that the fi has ruled against uh, his his move as well and uh mercedes of course and you know and karun chandok uh, tweeted this they need to give the team that built the front wing uh you know <laughs> uh, an extra bonus because it took two hits it took a hit against esteban ocon when that whole move happened at the second restart and then this thing where it literally you know drove into max's left rear and he could still pile on with uh with uh, you know fastest laps uh, of the race towards the end so uh what would have been worse somel is had that accident taken either one of the two or both the protagonists out and you know lewis is he's he's going into saudi arabia and now abu dhabi right is is uh, he's going into the 100% win rate he needs to win at all costs and then decisions and delays or whatever you call it right uh, uh, you know all of this could have just cost him a race win could have cost him you know the whole race in itself so mm. i'm pretty glad that the a the front wing stayed and b eventually after all that craziness we got a lewis max and valtteri podium for the 20th time in formula 1 i wow this this was such an emotionally charged race and such an emotionally charged moment and there's a question that you you popped up in your message making uh, last night about Will Max Verstappen be a popular champion if he wins this way? Uh, I want to know your thoughts before coming to me first. I I've got a really interesting thought on that, but what what do you reckon about this? You know, I personally I think like I said before, you know, you can't be in Formula 1 wanting to win world titles and mm. bother about popularity. We've seen Fair. Senna do this, we've seen Schumacher do this, and there are two different molds of drivers. I mean, I'm being very I'm generalizing a lot as I speak, right? Uh the first mold is of course Senna Schumacher and and win at all costs, do what it takes and it is what it is kind of winning attitude, you know. Mm. I will win come what may. Period. Okay. And then there is a very refreshing side which is Lewis Hamilton. He's saying I want to be the best driver in history, but I also want to be known as the cleanest driver in history. And Yes, Lewis was dirty sometimes yesterday as well, especially when he overtook Max. Oh. He took that big outside line at uh, turn 27 and so on, but it's nothing in comparison to the degree at which Max was trying to push things to yesterday. So, Max has of course made his choice and he's he's made no bones about the fact that, you know, we know when it comes to Max it's all or nothing, uh, you know, as as his attitude. So, I think him becoming a world champion in itself will make him even more popular if that's possible uh but will he be the the people's champion will he be the one whose you know hearts go out to max for winning i don't think so you know uh but again i don't think he really cares about it i think he just wants the title and like he's been saying he's driving for the fun of it he's he comes from a motorsporting family uh he's saying you know you need to win it once and that's what he's he's trying to do at least just get the once and say that's it i'm world champion i beat lewis hamilton now whether i win 
two more or five more or 20 more, I don't really care. I'm just going to go drive and have fun. And his ways of having fun are, are debatable. Don't leave, Max. I mean, if you win, don't leave. Don't do a Nico. Uh, we we need Max in Formula 1 for, for whatever he brings, for this element of drama, for this aggression. But frankly, you know, I get a feeling that people don't care as well because uh, now it's a fun thing, right? A few years ago, Formula 1 emotionally wasn't a sport that attracted you as much. Yes, you had the speed, you had the competition, yeah, but it there were no characters that, no, not as many characters uh, to which you could emotionally invest into. And you could see an incident from their perspective, not objectively. I mean, previously you could have been like, ah, oh, yeah, this incident is objective. Yeah, someone crashed into whatever. But now you look at it only from the perspective of the team you support. And there's two different camps in Formula One for after so many years. And it's come to a point where so many people just don't like Hamilton because he wins so much. So even if Max does this and wins, they couldn't care less. At least it's not Lewis Hamilton, right? And and that's the beautiful part. Th- thanks to the documentary, thanks to the way Formula 1 has portrayed the sport, there is a genuine emotional connection to almost every driver. I say almost and you know exactly why, but th- this is the beauty of it all, to see how things are materializing in this way. But now, Michael Massey, Kunal, this was a hard race for him, really. It, firstly, full props to FIA and, and Saudi Arabia, I mean, we discussed that it could be a record number of labor, labor uh, exploited to make this track, but whatever it is, so quickly, such an amazing track, that was quite something. Credits out to them. But seriously, parlay, Kunal. Have you ever heard of stories of the race director trying to parlay with both the teams ever? I, I think it was fine because, as you rightly mentioned, it's better to sort it out on track instead of going to the stewards and trying to uh, work things out over there. But this was just outstanding access. It was. But this is what we get when we open up the sport uh, to the level that it's been opened up with the whole Michael Massey radio uh, channel or Michael Massey radio channel, as we call it, right? Mm. Ron Meadows and Michael Massey, we should just get a podcast and release it with them with Jonathan Wheatley as a guest, like (laughs) I tweeted, uh, you know, last night. But maybe this is how the FIA has always been dealing and we are getting to see a side of it. Uh, yes, a lot of question marks, uh, but the FIA are not new to dealings. We know the dealing that's the out-of-court uh, out dealing that they had with Ferrari on the power unit just a couple of years ago. Still no details made available of that. Now imagine if a radio exchange or the communication exchange or the meeting minutes of that meeting were actually released to the world. That's what happened in real time yesterday. It added to the controversy. That's just the, you know, that's the race director's job. His job was saying, hey, I think you were wrong. And maybe there is time enough now to sort it out. And you want to sort it out. If you don't think so, I'm going to report it to the stewards because, hey, I think you were wrong. But then, of course, the question is, who did he approach first? Was it Red Bull? Was it Mercedes? What's, what's his line of approach? What's his line of action first to try and come up with the settlement? And he was so engrossed yesterday. He actually forgot that Esteban Ocon was technically on pole position, <laughs> right? And it, it, it wasn't uh, Lewis Hamilton. So lots of, uh, you know, this whole deal, no deal. Uh, it's, it's, the shit has hit the roof with that, I would say. <laughs> but it was, a ve- it was a very, very tough race uh, for Michael Massey. Every, you know, Christian Horner saying, I really miss Charlie Whitening, etc. But no. at least in my goldfish memory, I can't remember the last race. Charlie Whitening was pushed to such an extent as well. And uh, I mean, 
that's that's just how 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 it goes and um i don't think i don't think what michael massey did was wrong because he would have actually if, if the race was going on for example let's assume for once that mm. the drivers actually were actually driving okay ocon leading max second lewis third and he would have gone and said you need to give the position back yep. and he would have done the exchange on the race track it just seems a little weird that it all of this happened when there was a red flag stoppage right but that's just that's his job i guess and and we saw how bad exchanges on track can get well, with max and lewis i mean we literally had a live demonstration of that and we've spoken about it for 15 minutes now so no point on dig- uh, digressing more i mean discussing more of that but it's so clear i mean he had to do what he had to do and i suppose it worked out quite well in that sense and about michael gunal hardest race ever right and, and those comments from kishnano just don't make it easy for anyone do they they don't make it easy but you know i don't think formula 1's rules have been challenged as much as they have in 2021 we saw the belgian grand prix <laughs> you know it challenged the entire rule book it challenged the whole definition of what do we actually call a race right as ironic as it may be max has more wins because of his win at the race in spa basically winning yeah. the two lap race in spa right so that that was that was that but coming coming even more so to michael massey and the whole whole challenge that they had yesterday uh was the restart uh was the lap to the grid of formation lap because we saw max actually did a practice start at yeah. that point of time then he did a practice start but then he expected you know a formation lap rule where he said lewis was more than 10 car lengths behind him and, and so on so again a lot of gray areas which need to be clarified literally before abu dhabi because you know if if saudi arabia was anything to go by abu dhabi is going to be crazy all the way from the first lap of free practice for all we know actually it's going to be crazy from the press conferences in itself yeah actually we'll discuss more on that in the midweek episode but max made a comment canal that i want to discuss he said that f1 these days has turned into all about penalties and it's not the f1 of all that i grew up watching Can we call bullshit on that? Because F1 has always been like that, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, all things considered, there's always been shenanigans. And let's be honest, racing has always been about that grey area but where you don't know what's clear and what's not. So, I don't know. W- w- what do you think of that comment that F1 has changed and it's not the same that it was previously? I mean, it is over-regulated, but that's just yeah. the nature of the sport. That's just how it is. I mean, you have humans judging humans based on a rule book. And... you know there will be biases there will be favoritism there will be i mean at the end of the day i'll i'll put it in a very simple context hamilton feels that the fi were taking decisions in max's favor now courtesy this is when mick schumacher crashed they called it a red flag you know max had a master stroke by not pitting he kept track position and then suddenly he got a free pit stop or rather he got a free chance to change to the hard tire and that's what we saw he did yeah. right and hamilton said that's it go he in fact he went and told that uh, he told mercedes go check the barriers and see if it actually needs to be replaced or repaired right max on the other hand said all decisions went against me so if both drivers feel this way maybe the fia is fair after all that's my <laughs> very basic sitting at home assessment that, that it's it, you know that's the best way to judge fairness i think you're right about that uh, in that barrier case i think they handled it the best they could and everyone's always thinking that the establishment is against him fine 
I'm in I'm in a really lovely comfortable chair. My AC is really good. I have my I have a nice room with me. It's a good place for me to say that everyone thinks that oh things are going against them. But if I was in a Formula 1 car maybe things would be the same, right? I would think something very similar. But can all the mind games. This I mean, I actually made a mind game counter in my notebook. Let me just open it up. Uh I think there was round about 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 7 8 odd incidents in the mind games counter. Was it a uh, It was a peak F1 mind games or was it just too childish? How much drama is too much drama? You know, I'm the wrong guy to ask this question because uh on the sporting side of things I love the drama. You know, it's mm. not just about wheel to wheel racing. People are tuning in for the emotions, for the politics, for the controversies and all of that and I think we got a fair dose of everything yeah. at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and I'll I'll put it this way in Brazil in Qatar two races where uh you know that that we saw we didn't really get much of uh, you know max and lewis and if lewis had the kind of advantage that of course we i i know before everyone tweets out and says i know what we had in brazil right but if lewis had that kind of crazy advantage that he is had in the last couple of races we wouldn't have seen them wheel to wheel we want to see them wheel to wheel it's what brings out all the tension it what brings out all the the interest it what's brings out the unpredictability you know how lewis is going to find a way through without damaging his car or being thrown out how max is going to defend uh while still thinking that he's within the rules and and so on right so to to me any amount of drama is too much drama just i'm probably like kimi i just want the t- talking to be on track but i know that for formula 1 for the television show that i get to work on you know which is a pre-race and the post-race shows this is insane stuff in yeah. every single way i mean this is what formula 1 is trying to do with the new rule changes get drivers to compete get teams to compete and imagine if this kind of competition in itself is giving us such headlines and storylines 3 years down the line we may not even need drive to survive exactly and i just hope that the on track rules are sorted out before that point but i i i love it i absolutely love how things are going right now and Yeah it's it's just mind games personified that's what formula 1 really is all about eventually but now let's actually come to the circuit the entire race about people apart from Lewis and Max Verstappen as well they exist you know they actually do <laughs> and and Oconos is bought us canal just just a quick word on that because i think that was that was another podium finish that could sort of personify Valtteri Bottas as Mr. Finish Line Podium Stealer or some sort of nickname like that. Two in a row, right? I did it in Baku 2017 here against Ocon and Alpine. Uh, I know uh, we can just say hard goes out to Ocon, very tough, but let's actually look at the things that nobody has looked at. How did he get up ahead? And I think that was a really interesting part where he was one of the drivers that benefited off that, but the aggressive nature of his driving really paid off and he was smart in the sense that he just let Lewis and Max go past and saved up time on that. only if only he had a second more in hand <laughs> five car lengths or five meters or something to that effect right but i think i think the red flags actually caught out a few drivers the ferrari drivers complained it worked in ocon's favor it even worked in daniel ricardo's favor and you know Lando Norris kept saying wonderful race wonderful race with a lot of sarcasm after uh-huh. after the, the you know after the race got over so it was a it was a bit of the lottery and the gamble it wasn't just 
Max, who did not pit uh, under the first safety car. It was, you know, some of the drivers, like I said, Ricardo, Ocon, etc., who who benefited as well. So I think fantastic stuff uh, towards the end. Unfortunate for Ocon that he couldn't make it onto the podium, especially after winning in uh, uh, Hungary that we saw, you know, Alonso on the podium the last uh, race. And then suddenly it would have been uh, Ocon on the podium out here as well. And great uh, trajectory for Renault and Alpine. I would say, going into the new era of of the sport. But yes, Valtteri, he just pulled that off. And anyone thinking otherwise, Valtteri was on mediums, Ocon was on hards. And just to add the whole Ocon race into perspective, uh, even though Max and Lewis were in the pace of their own, uh, Max did not have enough of a pit window on Esteban Mm. Ocon to make a stop for softs and take the point for the fastest lap of the race. So in a way, it actually worked really well because like we said before, both the drivers are going into Abu Dhabi square. And that's incredible. They're literally, it's going to be a one race season as we speak. (laughs) You know, it's Abu Dhabi takes, takes it all away. And talking of Abu Dhabi, you know, I know it can't happen. And I know I'm, I'm not the one going to make this decision, but I think Formula One should just air Abu Dhabi free to air yeah. all broadcast channels in the world yeah. on YouTube, on TikTok, on whatever, wherever, yeah. because that's the race that's going to get those crazy eyeballs to the sport in every single way. Formula One's become a social discussion. How can they make it more social? Wow, that's a good point. And what if the Abu Dhabi GP turns out to be an absolute stinker of a finish, like 2014? Again, there has to be someone spoiling the party, right? But I hope it does not. I hope it turns out to be the best finish ever. Oh, man, this is turning out to be a tremendous season. But before we go, Kunal, finally, one last question. The track, many drivers said it was intentionally made to be too dangerous. We saw that big kerfuffle uh, on the second restart that we haven't even got the chance to speak about. That's how crazy the race was. But was it too dangerous for you? And and, and uh, would you want to see some things change before we come back here? You know, sitting here, seeing the kind of race we had, it's... V- very easy for you and me to make a decision or make a choice. Should it be changed? Should it not be changed? But I think overall, uh, maybe the track needs to be made safer. You know, in a lot of ways, this was dangerous. Seeing uh, seeing Charles Leclerc in the barriers and seeing Mick Schumacher there. That's, you know, if it's what they say, it's Silverstone with the walls, then that is pretty dangerous. So, yes, stick to the high-speed nature as you want to. But please just make it safer. I mean, yeah. drivers like George Russell, you know, it's not that they lack uh, balls where they're saying, sorry for that. But, you know, it's not that that's the reason why they think, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, you know uh, that the track should be made safer. There's definitely a risk involved uh, out there. And I, I think maybe they will figure a way to make it safer, I hope, before the race returns in April next year. And I hope that your headphones are safe after yesterday. Your headphones, your table, your mouse, your television, whatever. I hope it's okay. Total World's headphone was okay. So I, I hope yours should be okay as well. But I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Inside Line of Phone Podcast and Pitch the Podium. 
I hope we have done a decent job of summing it up. Have we? I, I don't know. You tell me. That's the point. You tell us. Subscribe to us on our social media channels and let us know what you think of this episode. And reach out to us in case of any feedback as well. We absolutely adore listening to you. So go out there and do just that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, folks. And thank you so much for being a part of this episode, Kunal. See you midweek for the Abu Dhabi GP for which I am absolutely not ready. But here it goes. <laughs> See you <laughs> thank guys. Thank you, Samuel. See you guys. <laughs>